Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It is another episode of Secret Stories from the Underground. Today, we have Wendy Koch as our guest. She's an author, a podcaster. She is here to talk about her book, A Gray Resort, which you can find online. We recommend you going and searching it right now. Look it up and buy it. You're going to like this book. And uh, after you do that, make sure you send Wendy a nice review. She likes to hear your feedback. This podcast is in partnership with the SJ Network. Our friend Steven Joyner over there, he's hooking us up with guests all the time. If you run a podcast and uh, maybe you're looking for guests or maybe you're an entertainer trying to get your name out there, look up our buddy Steven Joyner at the SJ Network and uh, he can hook you up. He can get you on podcasts. He can find you guests, whatever it is. Uh, he's a great guy to work with. We are so happy to work with him, and we thank him very much for the great guests that we have. All right, that's enough. Uh, let's get into today's episode with Wendy. Here it is. Hi. How are you there? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right, I'm here with my co-host Dean. Welcome to the podcast. How are, how's your day going so far? Oh, it's all right. I, I got um, bad allergies right now. Are we recording right now? Yeah, so everybody <laughs> knows about your bad allergies. Oh, okay. I'll allergies too there, so. <laughs> all right. Well, no worries. Um, okay. <laughs> did, did you have a secret you wanted to tell real quick? I can edit. <laughs> Well, I guess my secret was my bad allergies. So, yeah, we're okay. good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, glad we got that out. We already started getting a secret out of it. So. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, so you are an author, a podcaster, a very busy person. Uh, tell us, how did you get started in all this? Yeah. So, um, my book came out, uh, A Gray Resort came out in summer of 2019. And I tell you, my book, my um, my life has not been the same. So um, I grew up in a small northern town in Wisconsin. It's about four hours north of Milwaukee. It's called Tomahawk. It's about 3,000 people. And my parents had a nice summer resort. It was on a lake. We had a pool. We had um, a lot of woods acreage. And I didn't realize um, then how good I had it. But um, there was a lot of interesting things that happened on the resort. My parents... um, were very gracious people. We had a lot of different people come all the time and they like to have these parties and gatherings and things. And um, it was just a fun time to grow up. It was during the seventies and eighties. And in addition to that, um, there was some paranormal stuff that happened around the area. So I thought, you know, that would make a good premise for a book. And um, yeah, so that's what my book is primarily about. It's fiction. So, but there are things peppered in throughout the book that has happened. Um, there was a lot of different characters in that, that I used in my book and it was a fun thing to write. And, you know, it took a while. It's, uh, you know, I have two sets of twins, so, um, it took me a lot longer to write the book than normally it took about, (laughs) (laughs) but now, you know, my twins, they're all team, they're quite a bit more independent. So, um. Yeah, I have more time to write and things, but uh, yeah, um, it took me a while to write it, and I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Uh, real quick, let's plug it. Where can people buy it at? You can get it anywhere uh, they sell books, really. It's called A Gray Resort. Um, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target.com, Walmart.com, uh, Book Baby Bookshop, just anywhere you can get books. And um, yeah, I have an Amazon author account there. You can also pull out my book by my name, Wendy Coke, K-O-K. So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Dean's wife actually just bought it the other day. Yeah, she uh, just started it this morning. Oh, she um, got it? That's yeah, cool. yeah, she oh, got nice. it. Uh, yeah, because um, yeah, honestly, one thing that attracted us to that is that we actually have uh, kind of a similar area that we grew up in. In okay. northern Michigan, uh, we grew up, you know, right by the lake and that it was a very much a vacation town and that where we had people that would come up from downstate that, from the city and that all the time. So, you know, a lot of different people in that as well that we constantly had coming yep. in and out of there. Um, so, you know, it was just very relatable. 
Yeah, it's just, it was just a great way to grow up. Um, you know, my parents had eight cabins on the resort and every Saturday it was called changeover day. So everyone that stayed there had to pack up and leave. And then we'd get our new tenants in. Sometimes they would stay for two weeks and um, away, uh, you know, my mom would go to each cabin and say, hey, you know, we're going to have a picnic or, you know, uh, get gathering uh, later today. If you'd like to come, we'd love to have you. So everyone would come. Um, we'd have people from in town come. All our neighbors would come. And I just remember as a little girl bumping into people. I mean, it was just, there was a lot of people. And my parents loved to entertain. And my dad was um, a salt of the earth kind of person. Um, he's passed away now, but he was just very fun and gregarious. And, you know, afterwards, uh, after everyone got done eating, you know, he would get his guitar out and he'd start singing and, you know, sometimes we would have people come and show up if they needed a meal, you know, if they were hungry and that was perfectly fine. And we never ran out of food and it was great. It was, it was a nice, it was a great way to grow up, you know? Um, it, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I, I love growing up on the lake. That was awesome. I enjoyed it. I that. know. I wish I had, you know, I wish I lived on water now. I don't. Um, so I was kind of spoiled growing up, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> a great way to live, isn't it? It, it really is. That's one thing yeah, I've missed here. We're living out in the Midwest there. So I want to get back to water. <laughs> yes. Yes. But um, so, yeah, uh, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, you mentioned there's some paranormal stuff growing yeah. up. Uh, can you go into some details about that? Some of the stuff that. Sure. Um, so I always heard and it wasn't just me. It was several tenants on the resort. Um, would hear strange noises coming out of the woods. And, you know, that can come from a lot of things. You know, we had bear and deer and birds and things like that. But this, uh, it sounded really abnormal. And there were some people that were staying and were like, what the heck is that? Sounds like a prehistoric tiger or whatever. I'm like, I don't know what it is. Um, we heard stuff like that. My mom um, saw a UFO in that area um, several years before, but she did. And the, it was just, it's just when you come into that area, you can feel, at least I can feel, it was a very eerie sort of feeling. It's kind of hard to put your finger on it. And um, there was just something there that seemed, I don't know, different. And I wanted, and I thought that would make a good, interesting read for my book. I wanted, you know, I always think back to that, those times in Wisconsin. Um, I don't live in Wisconsin now, I'm in Michigan. But um, oh, it was just uh, it was just a very eerie feeling. My mom would have um, sort of like she would do premonitions and things like, for instance, we had one family that um, were staying there and they came up to our house. There was a storm coming. We had a lot of storms in um, northern Wisconsin, a lot of windstorms. And they were um, they were like worried and what should we do should we stay with you or should we hide in our cabin and um and she's like no and he went to sit down at the picnic table and um she said i don't just out of the blue i remember her saying this i don't want you to sit there for too long because if you do a tree limb is going to come falling down on you it's going to um, land on your arm you're going to break your arm and i don't want to get sued so could you please move and as <laughs> he was i know and as he was moving, a tree branch fell down. And if he hadn't moved, it caught part of him. But if he hadn't moved, it would have, you know, it would have hurt him. And uh, I just, I always remember that. And I thought that was so strange. And he, <laughs> he looked at her like, what the heck, lady? I think he turned white. And he's like, okay, I, I'm, I, I gotta, we gotta go now. So they went back to their cabin. I think she kind of spooked him. But she did <laughs> like stuff like that a lot. Um, <laughs> It's kind of funny, but yeah. Uh, that's great that you mentioned the UFOs because I, I love that forever we denied them and now you see it in the news all the time. I know. <laughs> it's becoming know. just a thing we talk about now. Yeah, they're kind of leaking out the stuff on the down low, hoping that we, you know, it's like I hear about it all the time. It's like there's no really denying it. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. Why would pilots and things subject them, themselves to, you know, ridicule? You know, why would you do that? You wouldn't unless you felt very strongly about what you saw, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I, di I didn't know actually way back in the day that you could be punished if you were in the Air Force and you said that you seen something in the sky. Oh, like, gosh. How way back in the early days. That, that's so silly. Yeah. Yeah. You were just supposed to deny everything. Yeah. Deny, deny, deny. I don't know. Um, yeah. My mom, um, when she saw it, uh, it was during it, my dad was in Vietnam and um she was, I don't know, I think she was going out for a drive and just kind of wanted to go and um, stop by the fields there and just kind of pass the time, read a book and look at the deer. And um, she said when she saw it, she first thought it was um, maybe a car or something that was just going past with their headlights. But the headlights, you know, it was like a machine. It, it came over, um, it came over the farm field and she got scared. Um, she got scared. So she tried turning, you know, she turned her car on, uh, got out of there and, um, she was quite scared. In fact, uh, she called the police and the police said that they had dozens of calls that evening, similar and saw, you know, something similar and they didn't know what it was. And, you know, I find that stuff interesting. That's uh, that's great that they actually somewhat believed in it, though, that a few people called because you could right. also got like, hey, lady, have you been drinking? You know? <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, how many people are going to be in on the joke? I mean, if there's all these people calling from all different areas. Um, yeah. So there's <laughs> something to be said for that. Yeah. Do you enjoy living in Michigan? Yeah. I mean, if I can get over the bipolar weather, <laughs> it's crazy yeah. weather here. It's right. like, you know, um, two days ago, well, I don't know, last week, it was like in the 80s and, um, you know, very hot. And now, like yesterday, it was so chilly. It was so cold. So it's like you blink and the weather is different. But it is, it's beautiful here. I love the summers here. I don't really care for the winter. The winters are like Wisconsin winters. They're bad. Yeah. yeah. Winters are rough there. Yeah. We moved out to Nebraska and people like to complain about the winter here. And then when we tell them we're from Michigan, they're like, oh, you're used to this. It's like, yeah, we grew up a lot more. This isn't I'm, nothing. I'm used yeah. to it, but I still don't like it. Yeah, it still, it still makes yeah. my body hurt. Yeah, what's your weather like out there? Is it pretty rough in the wintertime? Do you get, like, lots of snow? It's pretty similar to, like, what Michigan gets, except we don't get as much snow. Yeah. The, the, oh, we get okay. the same temps, pretty much, the temperatures and that, but we get yeah. a lot of freezing rain. Oh, um, yeah, fun. <laughs> it's always a bummer. Yeah, it's always fun. Uh, the other problem with that here is nobody knows how to drive. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that together. That's one thing I'll give people in Michigan a lot of credit for is people know how to handle the winter up there pretty well. Here, it's yeah. you know, they, they forget about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes they forget about it here, too, the way they drive out. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> what part of Michigan do you live in? Western Michigan, so um, about a half hour from the Big Lake, Lake Michigan. So think oh, of Detroit, okay. and we're on the opposite side. Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, we grew up around the the Higgins Lake Cadillac area. So okay, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's so, so pretty around out. here, though. I'm excited about um, summertime, and um, you know, just having this gray cloud of the pandemic pass us by and get on to you know regular living. I'm excited about yes. that. <laughs> So yeah. did uh did the pandemic kind of slow down your book or did it kind of help with people being stuck at home? Well, the cool thing, um, you know, of course, a horrible stuff happened from the pandemic, but um, there are a lot of um, there are some good creative things that happened um, as far as, you know, uh, art and music and everything. I'm excited about all the stuff that is going to be coming out because of, you know, the time that people's that people have had to work on their stuff. So um, yeah, I had a chance to work on my second book um, in this series. So, and I finished it, it took about a year and a half. And I don't think I would have had that. Um, I don't think I would have been able to finish that had, you know, hadn't, if this didn't happen. So um, yeah, I, it's in the editing phases right now. Um, the most nerve wracking um, thing I'm, going to give my book it's like my little infant baby over to an editor and they're going to edit it and uh, it's exciting though too so um it's part two of a gray resort i shouldn't say part two book two and um yeah i'm very excited it, it's the plan is to have it come out later uh this fall maybe october november so we'll see how that goes so do you have uh 
do you have a idea of how many books in that series that you are trying to do, or are you just going to keep yeah. kind of see how, how far it goes? Yeah, I think it's going to be three books. Yeah, I oh. think I got another one in me in that series. Yeah. Um, oh. So I'm introducing all the same characters uh, from A Grey Resort, as well as I'm introducing some new ones that I'm super excited about. A couple of them are based on real people. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Um, I'm, you know, I'm changing names and I change it up a little bit, but um, it's very, uh, it, it flowed very nicely in the story. And I thought it was compelling and um, I'm excited for um, people to read it. I I do have kind of like a small following of people that are really excited about my second book and I'm so excited to get it out to, to them. So I'm thinking October, November. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I I'll be excited when I get the first, um, mock-up of the cover. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, when I got that from a gray resort, when I first got the cover, when they, you know, the graphic design team, uh, designed yeah. it, and I got it for the first time I cried cause I was like, Oh my gosh, it's like real. This is, it's happening. So do, you, do, do they allow you like a lot of input on that when you're designing the cover? Absolutely. So um, I'm a self-published author through Book Baby, and oh. they are great because they have their own editing team, their graphic design team, um, marketing team, everything. So um, whatever I want, it's all my inf input, you know, um, 100% mine. So I tell them right down to, you know, uh, you know, I give them ideas and pictures and things of kind of what I want and uh, even down to the font, you know, and uh, they got it right the very first time. It's uh, it's a really pretty doc picture with a sunset. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. When I first saw that, I cried. I loved it so much. I, you know, I even told them I like put some purples in the sky and they just they did it perfectly. I mean, it was a lot of back and forth. You know, I had a, it's a lot of communication, a lot of back and forth calling and talking and, um, you know, with editing and all that. It's it is a lot of work to put it out. But once it comes out, it's just like, oh, it, you know, it's a great feeling. Um, but before that happened, uh, I almost didn't think it was going to get published because I had a lot of things. Um, I had a lot of things go on. Like I, I lost half my manuscript. I had a lot of laptop problems. I had a lot of issues with that. And I'm like, oh my God, is this book going to come out? It, it better come <laughs> out with all these problems. If I can, you know, jump over all those obstacles, then it's, this is going to be great. And I did. Um, but yeah, it, there was, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff uh, that happened before. So just having it in your hands is kind of like a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so what was this your, your first book? <laughs> yes. My very first book. Um, I wrote, yeah, I wrote a couple books, but I never got them published. They were when I was, you know, younger and things. And um, I do have those, but those will never be published. That was just sort of like a practice. <laughs> have you gone back and read your old work and been like, oh, my God, I could I could have never published this. <laughs> yeah, um, the two. Yeah, the two books that um, that are just kind of sitting collecting dust in a cabinet. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there are there, you know, um it's just kind of neat where you can get flashes of insight and things And you know, I I've been told that the way I describe things is, um, you know, when people are reading it, they like that they, and, uh, that they liked it so much, it was hard for them to put down and they wanted to turn the page. And that's exactly uh, my motivation. I wanted, that's what I wanted. And I think that's why it took me so long. Um, I didn't want it to be, uh, so the category would be, I would say probably romance slash paranormal. And I, I didn't want it to be some cheesy romance novel that, you know, everybody else does. I wanted it to be very interesting, but I wanted it peppered in with romance because I think that that's uh, a, you know, it's a huge emotion. It propels a lot of people. And um, yeah. And then the paranormal element, too, makes it kind of interesting. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's good to have uh, all the emotions in it. But I, honestly, you know, I'm not big into reading, uh, mostly because yeah. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> so, well, I uh, got to get my book on Audible. See, I would love that. I do love audiobooks. That is where that's right in my <laughs> lane, you know, and uh, yeah. yeah, I enjoy them. But well, uh, just for you. <laughs> I like books that have all different types of emotions. I'm mostly right. like uh, a scary type story. Yep. reader but you know i like a little bit of romance you know it helps yeah. build well yeah this is kind of like this is scary i've been told um like a couple people have said you know 
your book was scary. I didn't, I was scared to read it. I'm like, well, good. And I've also had people like even guys, I don't know your age group, but I've had guys in their forties and fifties. They, um, you know, they picked it up thinking, oh, it's a fishing book. Cause they saw the doc and she's from Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but they read it and they thought, you know what, this is like a totally different type of book that I wouldn't normally read, but you know what? I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And I'm like, oh, that's great to hear. That's um, as an author, that's the best thing to hear. It's like a Christmas present. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so when you released your book at first, you know, was that something that you were nervous about? Like, you know, how people were going to actually respond and, and oh react? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so I, you know, when I wrote my book, I, I write it with the intention of, you know, I have a story to tell. I think it's kind of powerful and I want to write it. I didn't write it because, oh, I want to make a lot of money or, oh, I want to be a famous author. Or, oh, I want to be the next Stephen King. That's not why I wrote the book. I wrote it because I had a story in me and I wanted to tell it. And I'm, and I, you know, it was just, you know, I had these characters were kind of swimming around in my head and I thought, okay, I need to get this out. I need to get the story out. So that's why I wrote it. And um, I thought it would be entertaining. You know, I, I love movies and books and um, I think I have a, a pulse on what is good and what might not be good. So, um, yeah, of course, when the book came out, I, I was like, oh, I hope this resonates with people. And uh, when I started getting some feedback, so I work at the high school, I have a part time job there. And some of the teenagers there were like, I had one, I had more than one girl say, this was my very favorite book ever. I couldn't put it down and I gave it to my mom to read. And my mom at first was like, oh, I don't want it. But when she read it, she loved it too, recommended it to her friends. And, uh, but, and I've had guys read it too that like it. So that, that was great across the board. Um, I didn't want it to be like one specific age group. I wanted, you know, I just wanted it to be a good book that people, you know, would pick it up and like it and be entertained. At the school you work at, do the students think it's pretty cool that you're an author? Yeah. Um, I had somebody about a month ago and I, you know, I didn't, I know a lot of the students, I don't know all of them, but she had come up to me and I, I wasn't sure who she was, but she said, Oh my gosh, I loved your book so much. It really, you know, I, I really liked it so much and I'm telling my friends about it and thank you so much for writing it. And I thought, oh, I, that made me happy. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's, in the, it's in the school library. Yeah, um, they've been very supportive. And uh, every time I go in the library, if I, you know, when I see it there on the shelves, it's like, oh, it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, uh, when you do finish up the this series, do you intend to stay within the same genre or, um, you um, know, think, what's your plans there? Well, it's kind of fun to, um, you know, I like writing about romance, paranormal, scary. I like scary stuff too, but I yeah. think I have, um, I'm going to do a nonfiction book uh, about like anxiety and depression and that and living, oh. you know, having a family member with that and what that's all about. I think I'm going to do something like that. Um, I think that would be helpful. And um, I have a lot of input, I feel, for that. And I think that would be good too. So yeah, I would like to do a nonfiction book. And uh, yeah, I got a few books um, in me, I think, still. So um, yeah, you'll just have to stay tuned. <laughs> That's exciting. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I should mention, um, there is a book coming out and um, it's coming out in July that I'm a part of. I'm very excited about it. It's uh, an anthology. It's, um, you know, a bunch of short stories of women that have overcome obstacles. It's called Thriving Beyond Crisis. And it's coming out sometime in July. We don't have a date yet, but it's authors, uh, women authors, all from all around the world and um, that have had different interesting stories. And I'm very excited about that. I'm very proud of that. And that's going to be coming out in July as well. So, and that'll be on my author page too. That book will be available. So let me get this straight. That's uh, just a bunch of authors combining their stories. So who's yeah. the actual, who's producing that or how does that all get put together so um the lady is divya paresh uh she's a marketing expert consultant and she also um she kind of you know got this baby together she knows 
very influential person, knows a lot of different people from around the world and thought it would make a good, I, you know, thought it'd make a great book. And um, we have, you know, just authors from all over the place that have had um, different obstacles that they've had to overcome and certain achievements and that. And I'm excited to read the book. I don't know any of the other stories. So when it comes out, I mean, I know the people, uh, our group of authors that were kind of in this group and we're in the process right now of um, getting the word out. But yeah, when it comes out in July, I'm, I'll be excited to um, read it and read their stories. I know it's going to be great. Yeah, that, that is a really cool idea. So you just basically wrote your chapter and sent, sent yep. it in there? Yep. Yep. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. So it's about, I don't know, it's not too long. It's like 10 or 12 pages. And I used to be in the service a long Ooh. time ago. So um, it is my um, kind of my encounters of what happened to me while I was in the service and something kind of, you know, I had a lot of stuff happen and uh, it was very interesting. And, and she's, when I talked to Divya about it, she was like, you know what, this would make a great story. And in this anthology that I'm doing, would you be interested? And I was very excited. I, I jumped on the chance. I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, I would love to be a part of that. So it kind of talks about, um, without saying the, the whole story, it just kind of touches on my experience uh, when I was in basic training. Okay. And yeah. what, what branch of the military were you in? I was in the army. Okay. And I was, yeah, I was in there for four years. Did you go uh, right after high school or? So I went to college for a year. I went to a tech school for a year after. And then I just, I don't know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get out of my small town. I wanted to travel. I wanted to, and I wanted to kind of get paid for college. So to go to college. So I chose the army and um, I was in there for four years and I was stationed in Fort Hood, Texas. Now, this is a long time ago. I'm not going to say how many years because I don't want to age myself. <laughs> it was a long time. Um, and then I, I was stationed over in Saudi Arabia for about eight months. And then I came back to Fort Hood and Fort Hood, Texas. And uh, yeah, four years. I was done after four. Um, they wanted me to re-enlist really badly. They, you know, offered this and that and bonus and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I, I got my experience and yeah, I was done. So you mentioned that your dad was in Vietnam. What was yeah. his uh, feeling on you joining the service? Oh, gosh. You know, um, he, at first, I think my, both my mom and dad were very surprised. So I just kind of, you know, I didn't even like give them like a warning or anything. I just, you know, I came home and I said, you know, I, I joined the service and they, they were, I think they were both flabbergasted. Um, Who handled it better? <laughs> um, you know, my mom, they both were fine with it. Uh, you know, I think my dad, you know, he, so he was in Vietnam, so he had PTSD. So, um, yeah, I, he was okay with it. He didn't talk to me too much about it, but, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't, I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think I'd have a hard time if woman told me that. I would. Same I, I, I baby my kids too much. It's my problem. But. No, I, I, I hear you. I feel the same way. I don't know how I'd feel if one of my kids decided to join the service. I don't know if I would be, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Air Force would be good. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I would want them to do that because I know Which, how difficult it is. Yeah. So actually, I, you know, I wanted to ask you too, how with you, um, be, you know, becoming an author and doing all these different um, walks of, of life in that yeah. prior, you know, yeah. how does your family respond to you being an author and, you know, some of them that may have had some of them shared experiences with you that you're writing about? You know, well, how, how, how do they take it? Yeah. So my dad's passed on. My mom and my sister were perfectly fine with it. Um, I think my sister got a kick out of it when she read the book. She goes, Oh, I remember when that happened, when that happened. And I, yeah. I don't touch on my family too much in the book. It's more like friends and um, neighbors and um, encounters that I had on the resort. So there's not too much family in the book. Um, so as far as like 
support in that. My husband has been very supportive in my book, um, very um, gracious. And I'm so glad that I have his help too, because if I didn't, I probably wouldn't have been able to get it published when I did. And um, yeah, so um, it's always kind of neat when you have people you know read your book because you kind of yeah. wonder like, you know, it's always nerve wracking. What are they going to think about it? Um, are they going to like the story? Are they going to like it enough to finish the book? You know, um, I had, so a close friend of mine uh, read the book and she loved it and she's also an author. So that, that really gave me a lot of confidence. In, yeah. As as like, Oh, is this book good? You know, I've I was constantly, you know, she was one of the beta readers and I said, so you know, what, what do you think about this book? She goes, Oh my gosh, Wendy, this is great. In fact, she was the one, um, I'm going to plug her too. Her name is Laura Eckert and, uh, she wrote just another girl's story and she's got a great, um, fantastic story there, um, about, uh, abuse in that. And, but you know how she overcame it and things, but, uh, it, she's got a great story. And she, when she read my story, she said, she was one of the first people that said, this has to be a series. She goes, I remember when we would get together as little girls, you know, we were playing, you had such an imaginative mind. She said, you have to, this, there's gotta be more than one book here. You've got to do a series. I'm like, That's oh, pretty yeah, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do like five. She goes, no, don't do five. Just do three, do three books. And you know what? That's what I'm going to end up doing. So um, yeah, she propelled it. She really did. I'm in, yeah. That's a pretty cool compliment, really. Yeah, yeah. So um, she's great. Uh, yeah, her book is uh, got many, many great five-star reviews. Uh, Laura Eckert, Just Another Girl's Story. Wonderful book. Um, I highly recommend, uh, you know, teenage girls and about and anybody really to read it. It's it's really good. Do you find in the, the author world that, are, are you guys pretty supportive with each other or have you found some that are really st standoffish and, you know, hesitant to give a compliment? Competitive? Oh, yeah. You know, um, I don't, you know, I am just getting to know a bunch of authors because I was going to say, I don't know a heck of a lot, but I am getting to know some now. I'm really close with one. We're very supportive of, of each other. We understand that, um, you know, you're really putting yourself out there. Whenever you put uh, content or art or anything out there, you are subjecting yourself to anything, right? I mean, at any time, you know, I'm always looking at Amazon or whatever, like, did I get a new review? If I did, you know, what was the review? And you're, you're subjecting yourself to criticism for sure. I mean, at any time, someone can just say, just say whatever, but um, you know, that's the beauty of being an artist or a creator is, uh, you know, you feel that strongly about something and, you know, who cares what people, you know, someone, is everybody going to like it? I don't know. And I really don't care. Um, I'm writing something that I feel um, really is good. And, you know, you'll find your group of people, you'll find your tribe that will really like it. And that's kind of what propels you. And uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of support from that for sure. Um, in my book signings that I've had, the very first book signing that I had, um, it was at a place called 317 Coffee. It's just down the street, a couple miles. And I tell you, it was, that was a life-changing day. Um, I had, you know, there was a, a line of people waiting. Of course, most of them were my friends, but there were some people that, you know, just came in for a coffee that day. And, um, you know, just to see them waiting in line for me to autograph my book, it's like, oh my gosh, I, I had one, um, he was just so excited. I could see it in his eyes. He's like, Oh my gosh, I know an author. And you know, it was just like, yeah. <laughs> it was just funny. Um, but yeah, it's funny. It's some of the comments you get from people like, Oh, I've never met an author before. It's just <laughs> funny. Um, I enjoy that, that it. Is awesome. Yeah. We're, oh we're God. musicians in that ourselves. And it is, it, you know, when you do get that kind of recognition, recognition from even your family or just peers in that as well, it's, it's, and it, 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 doesn't? Yeah, it, it, it does. And there really is an art to learning not to care about what everybody thinks and just appreciating the people that really appreciate your work. You know, exactly. like for, forever when we first started this, I wanted everybody to love us, you know, and I, I remember like leaving shows, driving home, crying, like, oh, I suck at life. I shouldn't be doing this. And now it's oh, just like, you know, yeah, like it. yeah, now it's just like, you know what? I don't care. 
it, it is what it right. is. Yeah. yeah it is, it's it's a good way to be. It's hard though because you know with social media everything is out there and you know you everybody can just say whatever and you have to you know if you want to be relevant yeah. It you know you kind of got to push yourself out there on social media. It's kind of a fine line, right? And then, but you got to know when to you know you can't comment on every single comment. You you won't have a life, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's a balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have you guys on our podcast because we we love having creatives and musicians. Um, yeah, we love it to interview. Musicians. Yeah, we we do that in a heartbeat. Let's actually talk about your podcast. When did that yeah. start? So that started, um, so my co-host is Sean, so it's called A Juicy Pear Podcast with Sean and Wendy, and um, I don't know, we were sitting at a bar and grill last summer, and we were kind of talking, and we were swapping stories and things, and, uh, you know, it was at the height of the pandemic, um, and, you know, it was just sort of, um, you know, everything around here, because so we had really strict restrictions right from the beginning, very strict, and it just felt really stagnant around here. And um, she's a gregarious person as am I, and it just, we couldn't do anything. Everything, everything was shut down in their house. And I thought, you know what, why don't we do, you know, it'd be fun to have a podcast. You know, you got, Sean almost died last year from a brain aneurysm. She came very, very close and she made a hundred percent full recovery. And that right there is a story, you know? Um, yeah my stuff in the military. I mean, we just had all different kinds of things. I love meeting new people. I love making new connections. So I thought, why don't we do this podcast and then let's just see what, you know, what comes of it. Yeah. And we started it. Um, I took a, like a short online class just so I could navigate my way on how to do a podcast. Um, I didn't feel like Googling or YouTubing every single thing for, you know, I'd be doing that for like months. Um, so yeah, I took a class on how to do it and, um, how to get it out there. And yeah, so we started, our first episode came out, uh, first like in November and we've been going strong ever since we've tried to get an episode out every week. So, um, maybe this summer we might go to like every other week. We're still not quite sure how we're going to do that, but yeah, we're planning on having, um, season two start, uh, this fall. So, and we've had, we've met great people. Oh, it's just, that's the best part, um, is meeting all these interesting people. It, I agree. That it is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's like, I think that's the coolest part about just like our podcast. Like you said, the, you know, you like the thought of like knowing other authors, you know, and the people that yeah. we've got to meet, you know, like you, we know, comedians, right. musicians, uh, yeah. it's amazing how this podcast world can bring people together. You know, that have never met each other. And it's cool meeting people outside of the realm of entertainment or art that, that we work in. You know? So, like, it, to, to talk to somebody that does something that I can't do but I can appreciate, right. like, that, that's super cool. To me, so. Absolutely. I always love to learn new things. I just soak up knowledge all the time. And um, I love learning, um, you know, about something different, you know, that somebody else would know better. I, you know, I enjoy talking with them. And, um, yeah, I... I I love asking questions. I yeah. probably ask too many questions because I'm too inquisitive. But um, yeah, no, I like it. We're having we're having a lot of fun with it, so we're just gonna keep going. Uh, what kind of guests do you guys typically have on there? Is it just oh, wide variety, yeah. or we wanted to have a wide variety? I didn't want to just have one genre. Um, so like last week, we had a psychic, we have ghost hunter, we have um. Uh, an episode that's coming out this week is um, she's a breast cancer survivor. Her name is Fitz Kohler. She's a um, fitness innovator. She does a lot of the top races uh, in the nation. Phenomenal, wonderful person. So we're going to have her, that episode's going to co come out this week. We have um, just all kinds, lots of creative type people, author and musicians, entrepreneurs, um, anybody cool, really. <laughs> and if you got like a, you know, a, a story to tell, you know, we'd love to have you on. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Did you, uh, did you podcast with Artie Hoffman by the, by chance? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He's great. That was cool. Yeah. He great. <laughs> yeah. 
he did our um yeah he did a reading on both sean and i it was pretty fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did one on me and dean too we found out that our family's broken so. <laughs> oh no <Aww. laughs> it well, it's fine um sean i'm married and sean's divorced and i think he said that um Sean's not going to meet, you know, the guy until like 2023. And she's like, what? <laughs> I don't know if he's too happy about that, but what? he's like, oh no, you can have fun until then. So no, it's, yeah, he was great. We had a lot of fun with him. That's awesome. Yeah. You should uh, give her my email. I'd love to have her on the show. Okay. Too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like she's got an interesting story. How many years have you guys been friends? Oh, goodness. So we met in um, this group called Mops, Mothers of Preschoolers, like 10 years ago. But what's funny is I knew of her, but I didn't, you know, I mean, I knew her and we were friends, but we didn't become really too close until the last couple of years. Um, I don't know. The Mops is just a great program, by the way. It's, uh, you know, mothers, young mothers who, you know, so what would happen is, um, you know, our kiddos were so young and you, it would be this like two hour thing that we would take to the church. We'd take the kids to the church and there would be like a speaker. There would be somebody there to watch your kids. You could have like, you know, moms could have like a hot breakfast that would be there and uh, you could do a craft or whatever. But yeah, it's a wonderful program. And I think it's, um, you know, a lot of states have these uh, mothers of preschooler groups. And um, I highly encourage young mothers to do that. It's, um, it's, it's a great way to, because sometimes it can be, you know, you can feel kind of alone when you're, um, you know, in the throes of parenting and, um, you know, trying to raise uh, babies and toddlers. It, it's, it's very hard. And uh, you can always use, and, um, you know, support from other mothers. It's, uh, it's just great. And you've had kind of a unique experience with that. You said you have two sets of twins, correct? Yep, yep, yep. So, so, so why did you decide to have more kids after the first set? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, my husband asked me that. <laughs> he, was like, he was done after the two. But, you know, um, when I was growing up, it was just my sister and I. And I was always just enthralled with bigger families, you know, the Brady Bunch and all that. I just yeah. thought it would be so cool. I always wanted to have, you know, more sisters and brothers. You know, it was just my sister and I. And I wanted a big family. So, you know, I talked him into, I go, can't we just have a third? You know, and he's like, <laughs> oh, okay. So, and then, you know, surprise, surprise, I ended up having twins again. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so it's three girls and a boy. So the older set of twins, they're 17, they're the girls. And then the younger set, they're 14. And it's a boy girl. So, um, you know, a lot of girls in this house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so be honest, uh, the first time around, was your husband rooting for boys? I don't, you know what? I think he, you know, so he has, um, he has, he had three, three boys, three brothers and a sister. So I think he didn't care if it was a boy or a girl. I just, I, he wanted him to be healthy. Yeah. So um, yeah, he didn't care so much. Um, I really wanted a boy. And um, I mean, I, same too. I didn't really care. I just wanted him to be healthy and, you know, get through and, you know, have a healthy babies. Um, but after I had the girls, I mean, it was like six months later. I was like, Oh, can we, you know, I really would like to try again. And, and we did. And um, yeah, it was, they're three years apart. So um, yeah, it worked out. I got my boy. Um, but you know, they're all, they're all um, fun. They all have their own personalities. It's kind of cool. Um, it, but there's, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of organized chaos in this house. <laughs> yeah. 14. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine. Uh, you guys deserve an award. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I could not imagine even how to deal yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. My husband just got back from Costco, um, you know, with food. We can't, that's like the number one food. We cannot keep it in the house. Like literally I'm bringing the grocery bags in and they're in the grocery bags. Any, you know, I mean, I think we spent what, like $17 on berries and one of them ate, you know, got up in the middle of the night. Well, anyway, ate most of the berries the next day they were like gone. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. So, but, um, uh, which is it you or your husband that has twins that run in your family then? Or is it um, both of you? Since you <laughs> well, twins don't really run in our family. So we went through, really? the, we went the fertility route. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Oh, so you just, yeah. just uh, got, got lucky got then. More bang for your buck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, like the second, when it happened the second time, I was told by the doctor that it was just very, there was a very minute chance that you would have twins again. Um, he goes, but it does occur because I was kind of older. I was an older mom. Um, you know, I had my second set when I, I, I guess I'll just say this, when I was 39 years old and I felt like I was kind of really pushing the envelope there. Um, you know, when I had the first set at 36, it was just so different. Um, at 39, I, I, I really sort of felt it. Um, <laughs> it was totally different. I'm like, okay. Um, I was kind of worried that whole pregnancy. I was, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was pretty worried that time, but you know, it, it turned out good and yeah. Well, that's awesome that everybody turned out to be healthy there. And like I said, you guys deserve an award because there's nine years difference between me and Bean and my parents couldn't get us right. You know, they, they'd run down the list, you know, and they tried calling oh, yeah, us. They, you know? There was five of us all together. So they would just, yeah, scream out all five names and they'd eventually. Oh yeah. So yeah, my mom, you know, I used to make fun of my mom cause it was just my sister and I, and she would call us, you know, the dog's name and stuff. I'm like, really? And I've done that. With the kids. <laughs> it's, it's funny. You can't help it. You're like, okay, whatever you're finally, you're like, you go down the list of names, whatever your name is, get up here, get upstairs. <laughs> it's funny though, too. Another thing that I didn't have to deal with parents didn't have to deal with back in the day is when you call them, well, if they're not playing outside, but usually, you know, they come to you. But now everyone's all plugged into their own lives. They're all, they got their, you know, they're all on social media with their headphones on. Yeah. I mean, I have to text them because they can't hear me. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll call my kids and they're downstairs. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh my gosh, it drives me crazy. I'm one of the few that walk around this house that I don't have headphones on. I just don't feel the need for that. <laughs> Um, I, when I go out for, you know, when I have a run, go on a run or whatever, I don't have headphones on. I just don't, um, I don't know. I just don't need them. Um, yeah. maybe if I were, was at a dentist appointment or something, that'd be a different story, but not in my <laughs> own house, but yeah, I'm one of the few. So I'm walking around and I'm like, hello, I have to go <laughs> trudging around <laughs> upstairs or downstairs to get their attention because they're all, you know, they're off in their own little worlds. <laughs> Now, with tablets and computers becoming so popular with people watching videos or reading books and stuff on it, is there authors that aren't even printing paperback books anymore? To just going straight to like, no, uh, I, yeah, I, I think there is a um, there for sure is an audience for paperbacks. Um, you know, I for one, I love to have the feel of it in my hand. I just feel like I do enough of um, online things already on my laptop. I just don't, I don't know. I don't like to read books online. Now, of course, I've made my book available online. It's on Kindle, Kindle and Moby and all that. I've made it available for as an ebook, but um, that's not my favorite. I prefer, I actually prefer paperback. And I think, um, I don't think that will go away. Um, I, I think it's just good to have um, to have a choice of either of the two, and also yeah. Audible. I would love to have um, my book eventually yeah. go to Audible. I would like to do that probably in the future. I will for sure. I, I'm the same way. I like having a book that I can hold in my hand. I feel I just draws my attention in yeah. better. Now my my wife does. She enjoys the eBooks though. She yeah. doesn't like. Yeah. Um, yeah. She she hates going out to like to the library. She doesn't like going to. To the, she does all of her right. everything online anyways shopping everything right. anymore so uh right. you know she just the the convenience of it um so i definitely think that it's it's a a tool a very useful tool in that market yeah i mean i'll always have my book available as a paperback um i just i just like it better i like to have it in my hands and i yeah. like to see the cover and that yeah uh, there's something to be said for that I'm like that with, cause you know, like nowadays you can buy, uh, you know, movies on your PlayStation and stuff right. like that. You right. know, I, I like the copies. I like DVDs. I like CDs. I like books. Oh, yeah. you know, I want the actual copy in my hand. I'm a nerd when it comes to that kind of no, stuff. No, you're not. You're a musician. I understand. <laughs> yeah. 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 I get that. Um, yeah. A friend of mine's coming out, um, with an album and I want to actually buy the, um, the record. You know, because I have a record player. I just think it's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, and that's awesome too that records are actually making a comeback. They are. That's yeah, exciting. Like that. 
it is exciting. Um, you know, it's kind of fun to see the cover of an album and, um, you know, the pictures oh. of it and things. I'm a very old album fan. art is awesome. Yeah. So what kind of music are you into? I like all kinds of music, um, country music, uh, pop music, um, heavy metal. It just depends. I like jazz. I mean, I have a wide array of music. I don't really like one specific and that's, I'm not a one and done. I like all different kinds. If it's good, uh, you know, yeah. soul music, you know, I, I like it. So working with teenagers, you're always on the, the cusp of what's coming out the next hot thing, you know? Well, with the, yeah. with <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny. I am very like when it comes to like computer games and music, I really don't know what's cool. I mean, I kind of do um, and kind of don't, you know, like, oh, mom, this is so cool. I'm like, yeah, OK, honey. Yeah, it's cool. To you, <laughs> it's cool. To me, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, a lot of this uh, new pop music, it, it loses me, but. You know, I don't understand. It all sounds the same to me. It all sounds the same song over and over again. I don't know. I, I'm not really. Like, I don't like some it. of it. It's that what is like that K-pop? I think it is the yeah. Korean yeah. pop thing that's getting like really pop. Like oh, like yeah, BTS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it all sounds this, and then it sounds like uh, it, it just sounds very. I know childish. I, I, I guess sounding like it sounds. I didn't know it was like there was one I didn't know it was a real song or if it was like a joke and then it's like, oh, oh this yeah. is like a hit like apparently and I okay <laughs> no I, I, I missed it but <laughs> I know um well things change so quickly uh with teenagers too what's cool what's not cool I can't keep yeah. up I can't <laughs> I, what's nice about it though is if I need to know something about you know how do you do this on Instagram and you know they're right there you know pressing all the buttons i'm like my goodness settle down <laughs> you know it's i mean they are on it and they're also too like mom you got to get on tiktok to um you know promote your book it'd be so good and i guess so i mean it, it would be good but that would just be another social media thing i have to keep up with you know i, I, yeah, I do facebook can, and i do instagram and then you know you do the tiktok dances <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> my my kids Maybe. keep trying to tell me to get on TikTok there, and I, I started an account, and that's it's sitting there with nothing on it. Still, exactly, so. that's me too. Started the account. I wonder how many people, how many uh, you know, started an account, did one thing, and okay, we're done <laughs> collecting. I don't, I don't think I can go through with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they keep me young, um, and that's great, and they keep me up with technology. So. Um, that that that's a plus so when all the restrictions there in michigan happened how did that affect you doing your job um so i went online so we went online for a while for several months and then we came back to school in january and of course you know i had to wear a mask and things but yeah i still had to do my job um i i was still working i kind of worked all the way through the whole thing really um and They've been very flexible and accommodating, but, um, on the days that I was online, you know, um, I would have a lot of time where I'd be able to write my book and I would write way into the evening. I did a couple all nighters, which I normally wouldn't have been able to do and, um, had some time to refine my story and things. And, um, yeah, I'm grateful for that. And, uh, I don't think I would have been able to have my second book come out as quickly as it, you know, did, but. Yeah, I, I just kind of went in, you know, how you kind of had to dig your heels and just come to terms with things. And my outlet definitely was creating, um, starting this podcast and um, just writing, writing down my feelings and, and things. And I think it was important. Um, you know, I, I, I know a few people that this uh, pandemic really, um, really, really affected them. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I had one. Uh, yeah, I can't name names or anything, but yeah, she moved several states away, you know, and uh, she has a family and stuff. And it's just, it's just uh, you wouldn't know sometimes just looking at a person like how depressed or full of anxiety they are. They can just put on a completely brave face and you wouldn't know it. But there are yeah. you know, this has hit a lot of people quite hard. You know, there's a lot of mental health issues going on and 
people need to, you know, check in on each other and check in on their friends and just make sure that they're okay and not, you know, just let yeah. somebody sit there all by and, themselves all the time, you know. Yeah, and I agree. There's and you know, we we're friends with a lot of different musicians in that here in our area and stuff like that that we work with. And you know, yeah, with so many people not being able to go out and perform and things oh, like yeah. that, it, it really started taking a toll on people. Absolutely. You know, that's just, uh, having that outlet is is such a big thing for creative people, I think, in general. And yeah. if you can't share that or express that creativity, it, it really it, it can put you really down in a in a deep deep hole. Absolutely. I mean, you're stuck. You're stagnant. You know, you're just I'm like, OK, what are we? And then, you you know, it's incessant yeah. like negative, negative news every day. It really it's like, oh, wow. OK, I got to turn this off and I got to find my way and figure out a way to get through this. Um, you know, whether- yeah, and that's that tr- is figuring out how to turn a bring a positive out of dealing with such a, a negative that lasted for a year and a half. <laughs> I, know. I know. Um, yeah, there was days where I was like, you know, um, a couple times and it takes a lot for me to get depressed. I'm normally a very optimistic person, glasses half full kind of person. Um, I enjoy people and uh, I love getting together with friends, but uh, a couple months ago, it was just, I could not get out of bed. And I never really had that, that before I never experienced that before. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember I had a lot of things I had to do that day. I had to go to work. I had to do several things. And I just, I just couldn't, I, was, I mean, I could, but I just, I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing this. You know, I, so I was in bed all day, you know, I just kind of stayed there and just, I don't know. It was weird. It was, uh, you know, something I didn't, experience before and I'm like oh I guess I guess I'm getting a little depressed it's finally hit me it took about a year <laughs> but, um yeah so you know it's a daily thing you got to work through it and you just try to you got to see the positive of things and there's a lot of good people out there even if the news makes it seem like there isn't there really is there really yeah. is and um you know if you're feeling down um there's you know there's there's got to be somebody that has the same feelings that you are and you know, you're not alone. It's just um, you, you got to get in touch with the right people and have a good, you know, group of friends by your side to help you yeah. um, through that. So. Yeah. And that's the thing. It is important for everybody to have, you know, that at least that one person that they, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, get yourself in a bad space mentally and that, that you can confide in and just say, hey, you know, I, I need some help or I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm in a bad way right now. And- right. And there's no shame in that. There really isn't. There's no shame in that. I think it would benefit oh. everybody to talk to psychologists. It would, it really would. Oh, I, I totally, <laughs> I yeah. encourage my entire family to get therapy. <laughs> I offered to pay for it. <laughs> oh gosh. There's a story there, isn't there? <laughs> There's a few stories there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our parents are crazy. So. Oh boy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> then we have siblings, you know, they just back it up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's always a bad apple in the bunch. There always is. It makes life yeah. um, fun, right? Yeah, for sure. And perspective is different. They think we're it, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'll that's be fair. <laughs> well, that's okay. You got to be a little, um, I don't know, a little uh, crazy to be a creative person anyway, you know, to be able to do that. So that's okay. That's okay. I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather be a little weird than normal, so. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm right with you. I'm right with you. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be normal. I know I'm not, so it's all good. <laughs> so I fake it, you know. <laughs> Real quick, Wendy, before we let you go, I know you got busy stuff to do. Uh, go ahead and plug uh, everything, the podcast, okay. the books again, uh, okay. where people can find you, follow you. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, you can find our podcast on a juicy pair podcast.com. You can find it right from your phone. You can download an episode right from your phone. We make it easy. We're on all the directories, uh, Spotify, um, iTunes, Google play, Alexa, uh, we're on everywhere there. And uh, you can find me on Wendy M That's my website. Um, I put on there different things that's going on, different book signings, you can also find me on Instagram under Wendy KOK number four, Wendy Coke four. I'm on there. We have a YouTube channel, um, a juicy pair podcast. You we usually do like a kind of teaser from our car about the upcoming episode. And um, yeah, 
So um, go ahead and find me. I'm on Amazon as well, uh, Wendy Coke. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, when you uh, figure out for sure when that next book's coming out, um, I'd like to have you back for sure. And also keep me updated with the date. And I'll plug it here on the podcast and keep everybody informed. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I loved it. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, we'll definitely have to do this again. And like I said, keep us updated. I'm excited to. to see what you're working on. So thank you so much. And I'll, have, you know, yeah, I'll have Dean's yeah. wife read the book and she'll yeah. break it down for me until you get them on out. I would love it. And if she likes it, if she could do a review on Amazon, that would be wonderful. We love reviews. Oh my gosh. We live for them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And I would love to come on your show again. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that would yeah. be awesome. Well, Wendy, until next time, stay safe and, uh, you know, enjoy life. Take it easy. Yeah, you you guys as well. Um, thank you so much and enjoy uh, the Memorial Day weekend. You, you too. too. Take care. All right. Take care. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye.